Hey everyone, welcome. This is Lucas Granger, lead pastor of Coastal Church. It is our hope that you will find this podcast today challenging, inspiring, and practical as we seek to reach the world with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. Okay, no, I'm not taking this from Pastor Lucas because I didn't bring my Bible and I'm using my phone. Not because he did, but because it was planned. <clears throat> but if you're here today and you have your Bible or whatever you read your Bible on, uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6, um, probably more commonly identified as the Sermon on the Mount. I want to take just a couple verses and look at them this morning. We will be in chapter 6, verse 5 through 8, 5 through 8, <clears throat> it, <clears throat> excuse me, and on top of everything else, I can't find my glasses, <laughs> so... If you see me squinting out there, and down here, little grace. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. It's just been one of them opportunities to glorify God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So if you have your Bibles, we're in Matthew, and that's a good prompt for me to get there. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Reading from chapter 6, verse 5. Depending on what you look, read. I'm in the New Living Translation, and it does read, you really want me, yeah, that ain't going to work, bro. I I appreciate the love. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Verse 5, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray in public on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. By the way, this is Jesus talking. I tell you the truth, that that is their reward and that is all they'll ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Excuse me. When you pray, don't babble on, and as the Gentiles do, they think their prayers will be answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need before you ask Him. Father, we thank you for your word. It's live, active, it's moving. Irregardless of how we feel or where we're at, it is always right on point. So, Lord, we thank you for your word this morning that that will change our lives. I thank you, Lord, today that you are in the midst of all of that's going on in this place and that hearts and lives are transformed for your glory and our good. Amen. So this morning I want to talk just a little bit and real quickly about connectivity. And that's as high as that thing goes, huh? Connectivity. The power of connectivity. The purpose of connectivity. Listen, we have smart everything these days, right? We got smart houses. We got smart doorbells. We got smart refrigerators, TVs. You name it, you throw smart in front of it, and we probably have it. And probably maybe the most impactful are smartphones. Smartphones. So I looked up some statistics because just to see if, you know, what I was sensing was kind of the, the the norm or the trend, but this just blew me away. So I just want to read it the best I can to you. Some statistics real quick. 
Listen, there were 1 million new users on the internet each day in 2018, right? <clears throat> there is 1.8 billion people will shop online this year in 2019. Forget Black Friday, we got Cyber Monday, right? And, and they're projecting that tomorrow's sales will be over $8 billion. It's crazy, right? So much so the, the marketing industry spends over a trillion dollars a year on con connectivity and marketing towards that venue. There are 7.7 billion, would it be, people on the planet. Just a hair, if you want to say it that way, under 6 billion are connected in one way or another. That is crazy, people. This blew me away. 3.2 billion people are using social media every day. Get that, 3.2 billion. That's like almost half the population of the planet is rolling on Facebook. According to the statistics, I could say anything, but the average American spends over two and a half hours on social media a day. If that's you, we need to pray for you. But that's what it says, so I'm just throwing it out there. The average American in 2019 will spend over four hours a day on their phone. A day. If some of us spend less than seven hours a day, it's a great day. So in other words, we're on the phone. We're connected a lot, even if you're on the low spectrum of that, right? <sighs> Excuse me. And probably the most important statistic, in my view, is, and, and it looks like this in our house, we, my wife and I we will be sitting in the living room, and we will be watching a movie. Happened last night, right there. And I'll say, that's that guy from so-and-so that was on such-and-such. -and, and she'll say, no, it isn't. And I'll say, yes, it is. That's the Spider-Man guy in this movie over here. And she'll say, no, it isn't. And I'll say, yes, it is. And we'll have a discussion. And then she will do what every wife does. Well, no, let me back up. Many wives do is what? What do you wives do at that point? You Google it. You Google it, right? And then she proceeds to correct me officially. We're connected. We're all connected. Prayer is the means of connectivity to the most powerful, purposeful, life-filling opportunity. Connecting with God Almighty, the creator of all things. Now, this is no, there's no great revelations in this message. I'm just throwing it out there now. But what it is for me is that 2020 is coming, and it's coming hard and fast. And I don't know about you, but 2019 can go down the road as far as I'm concerned. I, it's great. I'm looking forward to 2020. But with the challenges that are coming in 2020, personally, spiritually, church-wise, family-wise, whatever it may be, 
We need to be people that are thoroughly connected to the greatest power source there is in the year to come. I believe God is getting ready to do a great many things in this place and in your lives, and more importantly, and we need to be ready and praying um, effectively. The Bible says that effectual fervent prayers of a righteous person availeth much, or your prayers matter. They're powerful. So let's just look at a couple very simple, um, maybe, observations from the text that will help us become better connected to what's truly important. Because apparently, we're all pretty good at connecting the other way. Okay, so I want to do this real quick before we jump into the interpretation of the text. I want to prove a point. What I want us to do, here's a section, obviously, there's a section, there's a section. We're going to have a competition this morning, okay? The winner will go up against the second service, second group of winners, or whatever. Call it whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Let's call it a poll, okay? We'll just call it a poll. On the count of three, this is what I want you to do. Don't do anything until I say go. I want you to grab your mobile device. If you're holding it, turn it over so you're not looking at it. I want you to grab your mobile device. When you get your mobile device in your hand, no matter where it is, don't be grabbing for it. No matter where it is, I want you to activate your screen. Once that's happening, hold it up. When the section is done raising, we will see who did what, when, and how fast. Ready? Are we clear? Grab the phone, activate the screen, put it up. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. That's what the countdown's for. Ready? One, two, three, go. Oh, they're still going up. There ain't no winners yet. I don't know, man. I'm going to go with that side because they're more influential. <laughs> but listen, you've seen them phones? You've seen all those mobile devices that have connected you to something greater than yourself? It's proof positive in this room that you believe in connectivity or you wouldn't have. You remember the first cell phone? Or maybe, maybe y'all, some of you don't. <laughs> some of us do. It was the size of my center console in my truck. Really, it was like in a bag and it was like bigger than a shoebox kind of thing. And the phone was literally like this long. They've come a long way and you could barely... I think it was like seven grand or something, but you could barely, kind of like an iPhone today, you can barely get a reception because you were the only guy that had a phone. Cell phones, connectivity, it's crazy important, and we want to look at, uh, and not only that, connectivity, there's so much, so you can get a degree, right? You can attend church, you can support missionaries on a foreign land, even watch what they're doing. The, 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 Potential and power is unlimited these days. And you know what? It doesn't even hold a candle to the power and the presence of the connectivity that we have been given as a gift by God for us. Amen? All right. Now let's just jump into it real quick. I got an excuse. I can't see the clock. No, it's right here. I'm good. Okay. Verse 5 and 6. Let's just look back at it real quick. When you pray, okay, first off, Jesus, context, Sermon on the Mount. In other words, he's speaking to people who believe are followers. That's you guys. That's us. So he's talking to us. He says, when you pray, 
not if, when. Connected people. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love praying publicly on the street corners or in the synagogues. Everyone will see them. I tell you the truth, that is their reward. Here's my first point. And this is the toughest one for me. We need to be people, I believe Jesus is teaching here, that we need to be people who carefully choose where we pray. We need to be people who carefully choose where we pray. Now, it kind of goes against our kind of culture in America and, and the Western church because, you know, Jesus is such a, such a blessing that we can pray anywhere. And that is true. But Jesus is teaching this, so there's some weight behind it, obviously. Be careful where you choose to pray, right? Just for this last week, just kind of think back to where and when you prayed. Was it in front of your computer? Was it driving down the road? Was it in the shower? Was it in the bathroom? Was it wherever it may be? Where's your thing that you can recall praying this week? And the point is that Jesus is making a point that he's saying that many of us are just too busy. We're just too busy to pray. And I know you're busy, and I know I'm busy. So I kind of get this. So praying where I can fit it in, that, although that is a beautiful thing when it comes to the, the freedom and the liberty I have in a relationship with Jesus Christ, but it's not putting a focus and, and an investment on my prayer relationship with God if I'm fitting him into my drive time from here to work, although that's okay. But if there's any distractions if there's anything that's going to hinder me from being who I am and allowing me to confess and ask and worship, then the place is in no good. If I'm fitting it in, it's not a priority in prayer, in choosing the place. And if you really think about it, that's not so easily done, right? If you think about it, where can you go that there will be no distractions, no outside influences, and that you can be yourself. The Bible says it this way. It says, some translations say, go into your closet, close the door, and do your, do your praying that way. Why? Because if I'm in a room or I'm in a, an open area where people can see me, it may affect who I am outwardly. In other words, if there's any distractions, and there's nothing but distractions in my world, I don't know about your world, but it's distractions after distractions after distractions. As a matter of fact, you ever have this happen to you? I'm talking about your mobile devices now. Most of my work is on this, believe it or not. Unfortunately, it's on this. So when I am having to do something, I will go onto my phone and proceed to respond to an email or a text or whatever it may be, but that's my intention. But what happens is I pull my phone out to do it, and what's there? Something else is going on, and there needs to be an answer. Someone else texted or there's some other email or I missed a phone call or whatever it may be, and what do you do? You start attacking that. So I'm on that, and then it turns out that I didn't even do what I went there to do because I got distracted. So here's what I did. I did this. 
Can you see that? Can you see that? Pray. My phone from here on out is going to remind me every time I pick it up, pray. Maybe not there, but remember and understand that connectivity is so important for me. I need that it be in my face. So when I go to answer the 15 texts and the 35 emails and the 25 phone calls, when I pick up the phone, it says, hey, I probably ought to pray before I do that, or whatever it may be. So I need that reminder, right? Pray, pray, because I'm always being distracted. So it's very difficult at times to find that purposeful place where you can be yourself without any distractions. Being we are so connected that the phone never stops. We put, I got to put it on vibrate or, or, or whatever. Do not answer. But we see the Pharisee in our text sitting out in the, in the, on, the, on the, the street corners or whatever you will, praying. They observed prayer at 9, 12, and 3 in, biblical, in, in Jesus' time. And even today, the Orthodox Jews still follow that same kind of pattern of prayer that no matter where they are at 9 a.m., 12 p.m. or 3 p.m., they're going to pray, even if it's in the middle of a traffic jam or whatever it may be. You've seen maybe some religions, they just drop their mat wherever they are and do their thing right there. Jesus is saying, whoa, you need to be more intentional about where you are choosing to pray because the motivations of influence around us will definitely play a part in the way we connect to God. Connectivity, it's crazy important. We got to know. Listen, and Jesus here, just because I'm sure there's maybe a person or two, Jesus here isn't knocking tradition. He's not saying, yo, you guys praying on the corner, that's, that ain't going to work. That's not what he's saying, right? Matter of fact, traditions help us to discipline our lives and to strengthen our faith walk many times. So he's not knocking tradition. Matter of fact, Pentecost you know, when the Holy Spirit came to earth, when Jesus said, I will send another and he will come and he will be your helper, comforter, all that you need. That happened at the nine o'clock prayer service that day. So he's not knocking traditional traditions or those types of things. He's saying, listen, don't allow anything to steal from you your great opportunity to connect with God Almighty. Make it perfectly clear where you're going to do this. Get it in your mind, make it happen, and then do it. Because we want to be people who are following after Jesus. Listen, being followers of Jesus, we have to pray. We have to be people of prayer. We have to connect with him. As soon as we don't, our lives are affected, and we feel it immediately. So prayer is so important so powerful that we need to be careful where we are praying so that our purpose has been fulfilled in it. Second thing, the reason that many people struggle with prayer and being in, you know, these issues, prayer, you know, there's people in this room here that struggle with prayer. They struggle with prayer since Jesus was praying, they struggled with this topic of prayer. Even so, they asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. And that's what he's doing here. One of the, the, one of the most monumental 
hurdles. We have to jump over many times for people when it comes to um, prayer is our view of who God is. Our view of who God is. Many people see God as an angry, vengeful God waiting to just judge you. And that imagery has been infiltrated or, or, or it, is, it has taken over space in Christian literature. It has taken over space in the arts. Many art throughout the ages have seen this type of, of, of view of God. Um, my mom was a Roman Catholic, and not for nothing, there was a kind of a lot of that going on there, you know, kind of... Don't say that, God will strike you down right there kind of thing. And, you know, and we've all heard it, but it kind of puts, and, and really what happens when that goes on is that we feel guilty. We end up feeling guilty about coming to God in prayer because I'm not this or I'm not that or I'm whatever it may be. God, we need to see God as who he really is, and we need to see God as Jesus teaches us to see God, how he sees the Father. He wants us to see the Father too. So you remember that story way back when, the prodigal son, right? You remember that? You remember that? Yeah, he's hoping you remember that, right? The prodigal son, we just talked about it for the last month. But in case you needed a refresher from last week, the prodigal son, right, It'll, it should jar our memories real quick. He wanted his inheritance from his dad. He wanted it now. Dad gave him the inheritance. He took the money, went and partied with women and, and friends, and, and tore through it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tore through it. Ended up with no money. Famine hit. He ended up being destitute, eating slop. When he comes to his senses, and he calls out to his father, and he wants to confess his sins before his father, and he wants to come back, but he'll come back as a servant until, as that son approached, and we heard last week, the father ran to the son and lavishly loved on him, right? He didn't pass judgment on his son. He was forgiving and accepting and encouraging and welcoming that is the view that Jesus wants us to have. Plain and simple. No theologians getting around that. Jesus taught the parable of the prodigal son for the specific purpose. That's our view of our father that he wants us to have. Not the judgmental fury raining down upon you so that you are feeling so guilty you know what happens when we feel guilty? We don't pray because it doesn't feel good. So we go into this area of prayer because, because of guilt, and it doesn't work. So most of us just choose not to participate, and we don't pray. And here's the problem. When we don't pray, we don't become the people that God designed us to be. Amen? You cannot be who he has, has created you to be without prayer. Will not happen. You can give all you want. You can come to church all you want. You can, you can be the nicest guy or woman. It doesn't matter. 
You will not be who you are called and created to be without intentional conversation. Without intentional conversation. Here it is. God, Jesus, calls us friend, right? He's like, listen, I call you friend because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But listen, everything that my father has taught me, I teach you, I'm calling you friend. You are a friend. How many know that friends demand intentional communication? Bottom line, listen. How many people in this room, and it's okay, how many people in this room do not know me personally? Raise your hand. Beautiful thing. <laughs> Beautiful thing, right? Why? I'll tell you why. Because neither you nor I has made intentional conversation with each other. Bottom line, you don't know me because you haven't come and talked to me, and I don't know you because I didn't come talk to you. Intentional conversation is a must when it comes to friendship. It is a must. We have to intentionally go towards that thing. And that is communicating with our Lord. And finally, or nextly, what does that say? Five after? Nextly, if that's even a word. Is that a southern thing? No? Okay. We have to make, if we want our life to be changed by the power and the presence of connectivity with our Father, there's no other way but to make it a priority. Bottom line, you can't do it for me, I can't do it for you. And it's only in that interaction between me and the Father and me to God that I will ever be anything He has created me to be. But when I communicate with him, he reveals to me. See, here's the thing. Sometimes we think communication or prayer with God is me requesting things from God. And in part, that's part, that's part of the deal. But listen, there's a whole huge another part. He wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you. Right? So what happens? We have to intentionally disconnect from the noise to hear. We can talk over the noise, and we probably all do it, but we can't hear while the noise is going on. So to make it a priority, we have to intentionally find and be careful where we're going to pray. We have to be people who are willing to have the correct view of who God the Father is, loving, caring, faithful, forgiving, compassionate God. And bottom line, you have to make it a priority. I have to make it a priority. There's no other way. We all know you're busy. You're busy. I'm busy. But listen, Jesus was busier, right? Jesus exceeded the 9, 12, and 3 formula and he prayed all times of the day. We pray all times of the day with a specific purpose in mind. Prayer has been given to us so that we can be relationally connected to God. Amen. We have been created as, as a relational creation for his pleasure. 
God created you not so that you can have a great life, although that will happen, but so that you would bring pleasure to God. That is the purpose. That's why he created you. In the garden, he created Adam and Eve, and they walked with God. They fellowship with God. That is God's heart for every one of us, that we come into a place of making my time with you, Lord, a priority. God's not holding anything back. He wants intentional conversation because he is our friend. He is our God. You got to make time no matter what's going on in your life. Jesus had, he fed 5,000 people. We'll just pick one real quick. 5,000 people, right? Which is probably closer to 15,000 people with kids. And if you're at my house this week, it's probably closer to 25,000 people. But it's probably 15,000. Let's go with that, right? One wife, one kid, 15,000 people. Let's get away from the supernatural event of him multiplying the fishes and loaves and just get to the logistics of it. 15,000 people. We might have 250 in here, maybe three tops, maybe. We do two services. I go home and I'm exhausted. <laughs> Ever since church started in my life, I would go home exhausted around two o'clock, no matter what's going on, I'm toast on the recliner. These guys fed 15,000 people, right? One service, 15,000 people on a mountainside. And when that happened, you would think that Jesus was ready just to kick up his feet and go relax. But no, the story tells us, the passage tells us that Jesus sent his disciples off and he went away to pray. 15,000 people you know, feed the hungry kind of thing going on. That's exhausting. And then cleaning up after them. Jesus is still willing. He was busy, probably busier than most of us, but still had time to pray. He still had time to make it a priority because it's the most important thing. And there is no one in this room or outside this room or anybody who hears this that's exempt from this truth. Jesus wants to have a relational conversation with you, maybe even now. Maybe you're in here and you don't have this relationship with Jesus, period. God says that today could be the day of your salvation, right? Because all he wants to do is he wants to connect with you. He wants to connect you. You know what's really important? Many people have said, Lord, Lord, I've called you Lord. But what did Jesus say? He said, depart from me because I have never known you. So what's most important is that Jesus knows you. Amen. Not that you know him, but he knows you. That happens in that intentional communication with prayer. So, with all eyes bowed and all heads, or, yeah, eyes bowed. Let's try that one. <laughs> Let's try to bow the eyes. Good Lord. Listen, close your eyes <laughs> if you want. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, he wants one. Irregardless of how you feel or don't feel, he wants one with you. 
right? So no matter what's going on in your life right now, no matter the struggles or the challenges or the good times, if you're in here today, the Bible has taught us that there is no promise of tomorrow in this world. There is an opportunity that sits before you today simply because of prayer. The price has been paid. The debt has been just eradicated. Jim had a sin debt that could not be paid by himself. No matter how well I thought I could do, no matter what I could give, no matter how many people I helped, nothing could pay my debt except the sacrifice of Jesus on that cross for me. And the truth is that if there was nobody else on the planet ever, Jesus still would have died for me. And I'm here to tell you today, if you don't already know this, that Jesus would die for you. Matter of fact, Jesus died for you to pay the debt you could not pay. So that we could have intentional, purposeful, life-filling communication with the God of creation. If you're here today and you don't have that, if you're here today and you just, you're, you just don't know what's going on, I want you to know in the last verse of this chapter or the passage we read, it says that Jesus... Or he said that the Father knows everything you need before you need it. We want to be people who are connected to Jesus Christ. He is divine. I am the branch. If I abide in him and him in me, I can do and produce fruit abundant. But being disconnected from him means I can accomplish nothing of significance. The greatest significance is your soul and God's relationship with it. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you would like to explore more resources just like this, take a moment and download the Coastal Church app. Also, if you would like to give financially to support the ministry here at Coastal, go to mycoastalchurch.com giving. God bless and have a wonderful week.